Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our lovely Patagonian, they are not a sponsor, co-host, Kyle. This week, as every week, we will be discussing a topic. I kind of know what this week's topic is. I know the general topic, but I don't know what exactly we're going to be discussing. We're going to discuss this topic for a while, hopefully less than two or three hours. We're going to debate it vigorously, and by the end of this episode, we will have a definitive top ten list. So, K-Dog, what are we talking about this week? All right, Mike. That's right. We did discuss, in general, what this topic was going to be because we were discussing the long-awaited premiere of Season 8 of Game of Thrones, which is, at the time of this recording, only, what, like two, three weeks away? Yeah, something like that. It's right around my birthday, and it's going to be a hell of a present. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to release this podcast like a week before that to get people hyped up. We're going to be talking Thrones. But we were we were discussing, we can't believe that this is our first ever Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah. But I think it's because we started this podcast like pretty much right around when Season 7 ended. And we just haven't had much Thrones to talk about in the interim. But now it's back. I was thinking about what we could discuss specifically. And I thought, well, we could talk about the things that we're most excited about, or we could talk about the pairs that we're most excited to see reunited, or the characters mm. we're most dis or most like least looking forward to potentially dying. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that ground has already been covered. Yeah. By people, I think that's probably true. By people a lot smarter than we are. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered this amazing little YouTube video that I I had you watch his homework last night. It oh, I thought that was joking homework. I'm glad that this actually connects. It connects more directly than you could have, have thought. So if you have not seen it, <laughs> viewer or listener, your homework now is to take a few breaks and watch it. It's maybe four minutes long. It's yeah. on Late Night with Seth Meyers. You could find it on YouTube and it's Jon Snow at a dinner party. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. Uh, it's beauteous. It's set in like 2016 or 17 <laughs> New York. Yep. <laughs> it's Jon Snow in full Winterfell or wall garb, yep. but he's at a modern day apartment style dinner party. And- Importantly, and like very entertainingly with the real life personas of several people you know from late night television. Like it's Seth Meyers as Seth Meyers, Michelle yep. Wolf as Michelle Wolf, the guy from 30 Rock. As the guy from 30 Arc, whatever his real name is. Right. And Jon Snow, like, <laughs> they're like, hey, spring is in the air. And he's like, winter <laughs> is coming. <laughs> yeah. Even though, even though some of those jokes are telegraphed, they're telegraphed so perfectly. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where the punchline doesn't disappoint you because you know what it is. It excites you because you know what it is. Right. <laughs> do you have any siblings and you just like you know what's about you're to like happen. you're like all right i know what's about to happen can kid harrington pull this off and the answer to that question every time you ask it is yes yes he can so so john was a very bad guest at a dinner party yeah which to me the obvious question is which game of thrones characters would be the best dinner de- dinner guests Oh, I was thought this was about to be a worst, but this will be a very exciting not top three because yeah. most of the characters on this show would be truly ter- like just truly terrible dinner guests. And I think even the the ten best would be pretty awful. 
But we're yeah. going to rank the best ones that you would... Cho- that if you had to choose, like, these are the ones you would invite. What an utterly thrilling topic. I'm so into this. I also... I just... I want to say two things. One brief pseudo spoiler alert one of the not tops is somebody who you definitely don't want to serve chicken to um but yes it is yes it is yeah yeah. (laughs) so you definitely don't want to serve chicken to this character but i think this is so perfect because you were getting at an issue that you and i have from time to time when coming up with a topic which is how do we make this a not top you know how do you make this a top 10 with kyle and mike topic rather than a list that's on buzzfeed or thrillist or one of those sites yeah. that traffics in lists and that's you have to kind of find our spin on it and this feels very true to the brand i, I hope we've cultivated which is theft i'm stealing this from seth myers yeah true so, so, somewhat <laughs> of theft but, but definitely making it the strange rather than the intellectual or well-crafted yeah so here are the rules. It's the exact rules from that video. So it's the character from the show with yes. all of their <laughs> show experiences, but they've somehow been transported into modern day mm-hmm. context and they understand it. Like in that video, it's not like John is confused where he's at. Like he knows he's yeah. at a dinner party and mm-hmm. he knows he's in polite company and he like knows what they're eating. What does he say? He's like, Oh, is this risotto or like, or is this yeah. pancetta? Like, <laughs> Yes, he does say so, pancetta. So those are the exact rules. It's the character from Westeros, but they understand that they're in a at, a at a dinner party in 2019. So my biggest question is, I think this is an important distinction. Am I imagining myself as an actual full, fully in it attendee of this dinner party, or am I watching this again on Seth Meyers? So... Am I watching it because it's a hilarious train wreck or it's, I actually just, I'm sitting at this dinner table and I don't want to be uncomfortable in this scenario. I want this to be a legitimately enjoyable experience. You want your dinner party to, imagine that it's, it's like me, my wife, your fiance, maybe your parents are there, like a couple of our close friends. It's like a group of six to eight people and it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be a nice dinner party and this person is coming and you want it to go well. Okay, so I really do want this to go well. Yeah. I do think it's interesting because the magic of the dinner party is in setting up uh, the right combination. So I do think there's some room for like a little bit of a wild card versus a steady Eddie. Like those are different characters who can play into a dinner party well. Perfect segue. It's almost as if you do number 10. Oh, beautiful. So not a wild card, but a wildling. Ah, well, well played. Thank <laughs> you, Dylan. Oh, and by, yeah, fuck you, Dylan. And by the way... Oh, hey, Dylan actually watches Thrones. I know, now, he'll so. be able to listen to this whole thing. Hey, you go, Dill. Uh, so another rule, I'm including all Thrones characters, even if they're are dead. Important. Yeah. Very important. So, I, I don't dip into that too often, but I, I am going to, so... Okay, so we get to sort of pick our best version of this person. Yeah. So, number 10, I put on the list. You could very, very easily argue that this person could be on the not top three. But I think because he's such a wild card, he might qualify. I had Tormund Great Great Mane or whatever his name is as number ten. Yeah, so our guy Tormund Giants Bane. Um, ah, yes, yes. So he would be wonderful on so many fronts. I think he would actually be wonderful because the interesting thing about that character is he has a really complicated sort of arc on the show that i think shows a lot of his different sides like he's a deeply loyal 
an actually quite thoughtful character, the way he ends up trusting Jon Snow at a time when people on both sides of a very difficult issue are having a hard time trusting Jon Snow, I think proves that there's a real like grounded emotional core to this character that he's not an asshole. He's a guy who grew up in the wild. And and I think that's an important component of a dinner party is you get to meet people who are a little different than yourself. You don't want assholes who are different than yourself. You want people who are different than yourself who have some sort of positive center to them. And I think Torment nicely exemplifies that. I think that it's also important that everyone that interacts with him and gets into his circle really, really likes him. Yes. And so if you could accomplish that at your dinner party, that it bodes well for you. Mm-hmm. He's he's the type of dinner guest that could really regale you with wild stories like the time that he fucked a bear. He would he would almost assuredly tell you about the time with the bear. He seems like the kind of guy that you he comes to your party, he's like a friend of a friend, and he just starts telling these wild stories and you could imagine a scenario yeah. where it would be rude or annoying, but everyone at the table is just dying. And it's rare, it's it's really rare to find the person who can strike that balance. And I actually was recently at a party that Caroline hosted where I was meeting a lot of new people, and I'd say most of them struck that balance well. It really sticks out when somebody doesn't. Um, <laughs> really sticks out when somebody wants to be a star at a party yeah. and really, really wants that. Uh, but I think Torment is a guy who would who would wear that stardom well. I agree. I forgot another thing that I'm I've done when I put this together was I I I put an item that each person you're not supposed to show up to a dinner party empty-handed. So Oh, please, this is great. So I put down what each person would bring to a dinner party. <laughs> what would Torment bring? Torment, he's a really eager character. Um mm-hmm. so I think he would try really hard, but I think he would be a little ambitious and not quite understand the context. So yep. I think he would bring a really ambitious appetizer. I think he would bring like blood sausage skewers. Mm, I like that a lot. I could see him bring like roast shadow cat. Yeah, and asking if there's fridge space for it. Yeah, if but only for him, right? <laughs> he does actually feel a bit Ron Swanson <laughs> in that sense. Like he's all about personal liberty That's as true. one of the free folk. He's, he's all about large bits of meat, like Ron. He likes uh, a strong, self-possessed woman. You know, your Cheryl Swoopses, your Briens of Tarth. Like he's. He's actually quite Ron Swanson-y. I could see him wearing a red shirt after a night of intercourse. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's got the mm. Tiger Woods Sunday shirts. Handing out $20 bills to Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this would be great. I actually think the most the specific torment who would be best at a dinner party would be a torment who finally sealed the deal with Brienne. <laughs> He comes in, he's just riding high, and he's just the life of that party. I'm starting to feel like I might have put Tormund too low. Yeah, it's a great, but but he's a great pick for somebody who definitely is high risk, high reward. Number nine is similar. Yeah. Number nine is our old friend last seen in season two, Renly Baratheon. Yeah. Renly is- Renly? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting pick because I wouldn't have thought of it, but now that you say it, it's, it feels very natural. It's it's very easy to see how it could go wrong, right? Yeah. But also, like, there's no doubt, like, everyone likes Renly that interacts with him. Yep. His knights, well, that's not true. His brother is not a big fan. Stannis. His brother, his brother Stannis is the, is, I think, the only person who doesn't like him. Even Ned Stark, who is basically against 
everything not not that Renly stands for, but everything that Renly is. Yeah, like he's the exact opposite, and Ned likes him. He can't help it. Catelyn's not a huge fan. That's true. He's very magnetic, though. He's very charismatic. Yeah. I could see him being, like, the kind of guy at a dinner party that you meet him, and you're like, this guy's a, a douche. But then, like, you get through a couple courses, and you're like, okay, this guy is pretty cool. Yeah, it's he's like an I get it guy. He's yeah. like, all right, I get I get it. Like, it be- he's the sort of, yeah, he's the sort of person that, like, your friend or your significant other tells you is awesome. Like, oh, I work with him. Like, he's awesome. And you're like, oh, this guy's going to be a prick. <laughs> and he kind of is a prick, but you're like, all right, but he's got a great jawline. And, man, he did that thing. He went to a shy and had a good time. Like, I want to hear about it. Yeah. He tells you stories about Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know it was at the neck this year like kind of a lame kind of a lame venue but but then he like but then he displays an appreciation for like a band that you really like and you're like ah shit yeah he's not just into the bear and the maiden fair like he likes some of the deep cuts he's like a guy you could talk to yeah you're right this is that's exactly who renly is at this party yeah i think so and i think that renly shows up with like a 12 pack of white claw Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's like the kind of drink where you're like, seriously, this dude just showed up with White Claw, but then by the end of the night, you had like three of them. Yeah. And you're like, you know what I love? White Claw. You know, and Renly. I love Ren. I like, I like White Claw and I like Renly. This is a good <laughs> invite. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So, mm-hmm. so Renly was number nine. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Number eight is our, our, favorite sellsword Bron. yeah Bron. Bron is a hit Bron is an absolute hit he's a hit especially because he's such a chameleon that's a guy who has found a way he's a survivor and a chameleon and everybody just looks at him and goes oh jesus all right Bron. like they they all love him but he's just like a rascally sort of irascible character that everybody likes yeah and he like i think Ron, more than pretty much anyone else in the show, shows an ability to bro out, like, really hard. In the early seasons, before he's really hanging out with Tyrion full-time, he spends a lot of time with other dudes, he's in a lot of brothels. The guy clearly is an everyman. He can can hang in a lot of different circles. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of utility infielder status that he has would play really well at at a dinner party. I think Bron actually reminds me quite a bit of my dear friend John. <laughs> this is funny. I'm now just picturing this St. Patrick's Day party that I was at recently because I was there with John and friend of the pod, Alex. And Alex was just marveling at the way everybody falls in love with John immediately. Like, be they man, woman, elderly, <laughs> child. child. Like, everybody just falls in love with John very quickly. And it's because he's such a rascal. Yes. And... It's a little bit like friend of the pod and former guest Derek. Like, just have this magnetism that everybody just is like, okay, and they just love them. And Braun, I think, really has that. That's a really good comp. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I do too. Tell me that's if- what, I think that's why I like Braun so much. Yeah. Tell me if this is something John would do. I think Braun shows yeah. up with a six-pack of, like, Lone Star because – and not, like – not because he wants to have like something lighter that he could pound. He just like is trying to bring something, you know, like a six pack, like not too much, yep. but like just is not is not too good for a lodestar. 
Nothing snooty. Yeah. I could absolutely see Braun bringing that. He's not an Arbor Red kind of guy. He's he's just a classic Lone Star guy. And JD lives for a Corona. He's, Corona, he's perfect. Like, yep. JD is the king of Coronas. I change it then. Braun shows up with a six-pack of Coronas. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. All right. That was number eight, right? Yeah, that was number eight. I'd. What shall we do now? I think there's a segment we usually do, but we can't start until we've had the music. Yeah, you're right. That is what we usually do at this time. Okay. Kevin, we'd like to do our segment now. Could we please? Hit it. Thanks, Kev. That was stanky. Thanks, Kevin. I um, I was worried you weren't going to play it, so thanks, buddy. He always comes through. He does. Okay. So I've got five people here, but mm. I think there are a clear top three. So I think I think the que- <laughs> the question here we've talked about this before is is like comedically ridiculous evil. <laughs> That's the tough thing about Thrones is there's like actual evil. I, so, I think the an obvious one is John because he was so bad in a comedic fashion. But I think at an actual dinner party, John could probably hold his own. He wouldn't be he's not a live wire, but he'd be he'd be okay. Yeah, I think. But I think what's funny about John is people. I, this is so far from an original thought, but people have have drawn a lot of parallels between the White Walkers and climate change. I think John would be the guy who just read a really alarming think piece about climate change and is not going to let the opportunity pass to tell you about how alarming climate change is. And you're like, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Dude, I saw like, Inconvenient Truth. Like, yeah, you're like, man, I know, and I'm so with you, and I'm down with it, but... I, you know, I gotta take an Uber and it's gonna be gas and I just wanna eat my dinner. But you're right. And I feel like that's exactly who John will be. That's John. I had Grey Worm on here just cause he's not a great conversationalist. <laughs> Grey Worm would be a hilariously bad person to sit next to. He just, you can't, it's a non-starter. Every conversation is a non-starter. Like, do you like sports? Like, <laughs> I had to kill people as a kid, so. Do you like, hey, do you like puppies? Do you had like, to kill it. Do you like sex? Like, ugh. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I, boy. Then he, but, but then he can give you a really interesting story. That's true. Be like, wow, well, this, be like, yeah. well, this one time. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Woo. So those are like not top three honorable mentions. Um, yep. Actually, my not top three, I had Stannis. Just yeah, because Stannis is, oof. first of all, he's a piece of shit, but I think more importantly for a dinner party, he's just unbelievably boring like he'd be impossible to talk to all he would care about he would be like like so stannis um do you live around here and he'd be like uh my brother my brother of course lives in a better apartment than i do that i had a better claim to because of my fico score and he stole it (laughs) i was just gonna say he's like i would like oh do you um he's the kind of guy that you're like oh well like what'd you do this weekend he'd be like i had to work on saturday and then he would like regale you with all the stuff that he had to do at work through the week like he's the guy that talks about work all the time you're like i don't care we all work no one wants to talk about work i feel like that's stannis i'm having such secondhand discomfort right now (laughs) because i've definitely sat next to him at a dinner party i'm like "I, i don't care man i don't care 
I just thought I'd know what you do. I don't want you to tell me about it, really. No. No, and I, I find that I'm I'm not a person who has a huge problem investing in people, like, for a short-term dinner party. Like, I can get excited about somebody who's excited about their thing. Like, if you are in production design on plays and you're like, you know, man... I got this play coming up, but I'm making this really cool set. Like, I can get super into that. Sure. But people who have to beat you into the ground with how tough their shit is, that's, that's not my thing. And Stannis, I feel. Yeah. He would try, he would flex by how much he was working, which is, I don't, like, you can tell me about your job, but as soon as you start to flex and tell me how much you work, then I'm over it because, like, we all work. Yes. And it's like, I don't care. It's not a badge of honor, Stanny. So that's Stannis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> Bran would be such an awful dinner guest, assuming he's already become the three-eyed raven. That's a really good point. Like young Bran is actually like cute and a little bit rascally, and he's going to tell you about climbing on top of stuff. Yeah, latter day Bran uh, Bran is not going to be so great. You'd be like Bran. Uh, what do you think? Do the Rockets have a chance to uh, knock off the Warriors? And he'd be like. The Warriors defeat the Raptors in six. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> okay. And and then, see, the, the real problem, I think, with Bran is his newest feature, which is telling you about how he was there when something uncomfortable happened to you, where he'd be like, hey, uh, Kyle, remember that time last week you ate that bad Thai food and you had diarrhea? I was in the toilet bowl. <laughs> Oh my god, Brandon! What what are you doing, my man? I'm the three-eyed raven. What are you? Couldn't help it. Quote the three-eyed raven. I saw you shit. (laughs) In fact, Kyle, I was the shit. (laughs) I was, I was your sphincter and the the turd at the same time. I am all times and all places. Like wow, I. Oh, you'd be like, so, Bran, I, I heard this really cool fan theory that you're actually the Night King. And, and like, either way, he would tell you. Yeah. He was like, yeah. He'd I like, am. yep, that's, yep, I am. Um, you notice how they started rendering the, the image to look more like me last season? It's cause I'm, cause I'm him. You wanna know how it plays out? Alright, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, Bran. Like, who's excited for Endgame? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bran Bran will be epically bad. Iron Man dies. Like, okay, so that's Bran. <laughs> All right, that's cool, man. The last one I had on here that you alluded to earlier, of course, was uh, Sandor Clegane, aka the Hound. <laughs> because yeah, the the Hound would be tough. <laughs> the Hound. The thing about the Hound is that uh, he doesn't like talkers. No, and when a talker keeps talking, it makes him really, really hungry. Mm-hmm. And he has to eat a chicken. Yep. And if you got can, to, and if you continue to talk at that point, he might even have to eat every fucking chicken in this place. Every one. And so <laughs> I think the biggest problem with the hound is he poses a real menu limitation, which is you cannot <laughs> have a dinner party the hound attends if you don't make chicken. If you're gonna talk. It's if anybody wants to talk, <laughs> there has to be chicken. And that's just tough because not everybody's into chicken. Right. Like, what if people were thinking about a pot roast? A ham. God forbid salmon. you have vegetarian in your company. Yeah. Oh god. Please. <laughs> vegetarian. Yeah, so he's he's a huge problem. Also, no candles. I was like just if gonna you're say- gonna <laughs> 
It's no what mood lighting. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. Like, it's just... Oh, excuse me. Sorry, it's pumpkin like, spice. Yeah, he's also kind of notorious for spilling his his ale. That's true. So, like, he's going to be dirty. Like, there's just a lot of things that the hound is, is going to... He's a bit of a sot. That are gonna be, he is a bit of a sot. That was our not top three segment. Yeah. The hound is is a is a comfortable number one. Yeah, for sure. I would not want mm-hmm. him at this dinner party. No. Number seven, another deceased friend, as recently as the end of season six. Number seven is Marjorie Tyrell. Well, <laughs> I suppose it depends on what your uh, your dinner's all about. But um, <laughs> the thing about Marjorie, <laughs> everybody, yeah. <laughs> well, she's just like practically speaking, she just has ton of experience at dinner parties. Like, yes. she's a whiner, she's a diner, mm-hmm. she knows when and how to tell a story, Yep. she knows how to charm people, yep. she knows how to get along. I just think she would fit in really seamlessly, and I don't think that, I think this is kind of how she functions on the show. She's never really a standout, but she knows how to play games, social games, really well. And for that reason, I think that she would be a really solid, if not spectacular, addition to any dinner party. That's a really good point. I think the interesting thing about the dinner party is that it's not, it doesn't provide enough time for somebody's facade to totally crack. Yes. So, so there's times when you meet somebody at a dinner party and you find them to be a real standout. And then you later realize that they're just not a great fit for you as a longer term friend. And I think Marjorie would fall into that situation, which is that I wouldn't really enjoy like a deep, honest, one-on-one conversation with Marjorie Tyrell. But yes, you're right. She has a habit for blending in with different groups. She certainly has a habit for tastefully showing off some really lovely cleavage. Yes. Um, to the delight of all seven kingdoms. Except but she's, for she's, Renly. <laughs> yeah, except for Renly. Renly wasn't super into the, the cleave. But she's she's a politician at heart. And guess what? Politicians are really good at dinner parties. That's why they're politicians. She's like Hannah B. from the last season of The Bachelor. She is like Hannah B. That's very yes. She is. She's the, she's Hannah B. All right. Well, who's number six then? I feel like she wouldn't be able to give a good toast. Yeah. No. This Venn diagram is pretty tiny. I think like The Bachelor and Thrones. Well, no, we're not going to have a lot of crossover. Shelby is a fan of both. Aaron is a fan of both. We've got, I'm just thinking of like our close friends that are huge fans of Thrones don't typically, are really, our inner circle don't, doesn't really watch The Bachelor, but there's a, it's a bigger Venn diagram outside of our group than I think we're alluding to. I think Marjorie mm-hmm. would show up with a big tray of homemade brownies. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's great. Like not really a total standout type <laughs> dessert, but a, but a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's how that would go. Mm-hmm. Number six, I had Jamie Lannister. Yep. So it's amazing. It's incredible that I'm putting on this list a guy that pushed a kid out of a window because he saw him banging his sister. But that's remarkable. I think it's important to note how far Jamie's come. And I think in a lot of ways, like Marjorie, he's very, very good in social situations with the with the notable difference and that i really believe jamie a lot of the time i think he's a pretty genuine person yes for the most part so i, I think he'd be a good, really good dinner guest he's it, it helps that he's so damn handsome 
He could regale you with some really great stories. Yep. I don't know. He just seems like he'd be a, a really stand-up person at a dinner party. I think having Jamie at your party would be a bit like having like a Kardashian at your dinner, but 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 the spoiler is you find out that this Kardashian is actually a very intelligent and thoughtful person as well. Mm. Like they're still they're still sort of loathsome in a way and not somebody that you would aspire to be like, but they bring a celebrity factor, they bring a wow factor, and then they surprise you with the depth of the, what they can actually talk to you about. I think Jamie Jamie would fit a nice sort of mold where people would would initially hate have him there like they'd have him there sort of ironically like they like he might even be a paid guest like he's somebody you've paid a couple bucks to come it'd be like if lebron showed up to a fundraiser that you were throwing you know what that's exactly right like you've paid for him to be here you think he's gonna be kind of an asshole and he kind of is but at the same time you're like oh he watches the news and (laughs) interesting like i didn't realize that and he's he's got jokes like okay you bring up a book, and he's like, I read that. And you get to talk yeah. to him about the book. You're like, cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The only thing with Jamie, though, I think what he brings to a dinner party, I think he actually shows up with a date, like, to prove that he's not having sex with his sister. I think he shows up with a person you didn't invite. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's sort of like Dwight bringing his uh, school teacher right. to the dinner party on The Office. I could see Jamie, like, you invite Jamie, and he shows up with someone that you didn't know was coming, and it ends up being mm-hmm. fine, but he yeah. did bring a date. Yeah, and was not invited, and you've got to go rummaging around for extra silverware. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I think Jamie brings to a dinner party. He brings the date? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And he just assumes it's fine. He didn't really, he didn't really, or maybe he texted you, like, 20 minutes ahead of time, He's like, yeah. hey, is it cool if I bring um my, this girl I've been and you're and you're like, what am I gonna say no at like at at five ten? No, because she's already dressed and he probably didn't tell her she wasn't strictly speaking invited. They're probably and already. So you'd in, only yeah. be punishing her, and they're probably already in the Uber. You're not gonna yeah. be like, you're just, of course she can come. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of pissed about it, but like, what are you, what are you gonna but, do? But and and it ends up being fine. But it you, does. it's like you wish you would have said something. Plus, you're not going to just air him out in front of the party and and make it clear that he's banging his sister. You're going to let him sort of have his pity. Guys, I'm totally. I promise you, I'm not banging my sister. Date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that brings us to number five. Number five ahead, Sir Davos Seaworth. I'm so glad Davos is on this. I mean, I knew he would be because I, now I know we try to be objective on this. But you have an abiding love for the Onion Knight. He actually would be wonderful at a dinner party, but he definitely gets a little extra boost in your book. I when I put this list together, I first had Davos at two, and I was like, "All right, I need to, I need to cool my jets." Check your bias at the door. First of all, I'm assuming that like this is a mostly millennial, like sourced group of people at this dinner party, so he's probably a little mm-hmm. old for the demographic, yes. but. Mm-hmm. Like, he would be like if, like, your dad was there, and, like, your dad's, not your dad specifically, but, like, anyone's dad, like, a person who's older than the rest of the group, and he's there for some reason that wasn't, strictly speaking, because they were invited to the dinner party. Yeah. And they're a little bit out of touch, but, like, so it wouldn't be a good example to say your dad, because he's not out of touch in any way, but, like... But he's doing his best to keep up, and everyone genuinely finds their company really pleasurable. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Oh, totally. Like this a, is like a it's like a professor, like yeah, somebody or, who's yeah, or like a slightly older coworker. Yes, yeah, he's he would fit right in in this dynamic, which is the one-off dinner party. A dinner party is like a play. It's just it's its own thing. It's its own animal. It's living. It's breathing, and it will never happen again exactly the same way. And I think for that to work, you need a couple wild cards, and the person who's not initially kind of a, a perfect fit for this, but who ends up being a welcome addition, a la the slightly older guest, is perfect. And Davos would be the perfect person to fill that role. I feel like he would chime in on a conversation that seems a little bit out of his league, and then he would drop some like surprisingly thoughtful and relevant knowledge. And everyone mm-hmm. would kind of be like, whoa, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, he's also especially good for a, a home dinner party because he is, after all, illiterate. And so it would be tough, <laughs> tough at a restaurant with the menu situation. He'd be the guy who'd be like, could you repeat the special for me? What's your soup I'm of the gonna, day? Yeah, I'm probably going to do the special with the <laughs> soup of the day to start. So Davos is 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 great company for something like this. I could see, see him doing especially well with like a Maryland sort of crab bake situation <laughs> big into the seafood i could see him with like a, a shell hammer just banging away and quietly dispensing good wisdom and explaining why your religious beliefs are dumb i could also i could see him like shitting on someone's like religious viewpoints but not insulting anybody while doing no that. like everybody's like well, oh shit that guy actually made some good points and was really in earnest in what he was saying he wasn't trying to be rude yeah he was saying Old gods are new, sea gods are red, I just know these truths. And you're like, wow, he just totally told me that I'm wrong, but I'm not offended by that. Yeah, exactly. He also seems like you would he would be eating like your risotto or whatever it was, he'd be like, Ooh, very nice, red onion with and he'd like very easily be able to pick out the type of onion that you used and provide you (laughs) with really good recommendations. (laughs) He's like, I would recommend Vidalia next time, but this is great. Yeah. He'd get a little annoying during dessert, though. He'd be like, you see, the interesting thing is people think of onions only as a main course. <laughs> if you flambe an onion, you'd be like, all right, Donald. Have you ever been like, to Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> <laughs> I know they put the blooming onion on the appetizer, but here's an interesting twist for you. Make it the dessert. Like, all right, Davey. All right. He also awkwardly drops his fork on the ground at least once because he doesn't have any fingers on his left hand. That's true. That is true. The, the, that's one of the sort of unspoken issues. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> With any Westerosi dinner party is that most of the people are maimed <laughs> to some degree or another. This can make the dinner like a little bit complicated. I think that Davo shows up. I think his invite to the party is a little late, so he has to scramble. I think he shows up with a bunt cake that he definitely got at a grocery store. Oh, come on. You're gonna, you're, I guess you're not going for the low hanging fruit. I just think he brings a sack full of onions. <laughs> He's like the asshole who brings raw ingredients that you can't work with because you've already made the dinner. That maybe makes more sense. He like just yeah. walks in and he hands it straight out. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, I changed it. I changed my mind. He does not bring a bunt cake. Okay. Good. Okay, number four is Sansa Stark, or Sansa Stark, depending on how you how yep. you please. Mm-hmm. Sansa, so like, for the first couple seasons of the show, her life's ambition is just to do dinner parties all the time. Yeah. She's well-trained up, she's well-versed in etiquette. Mm-hmm. She's more 
genuine than Marjorie, but she's not as much of a dick as Jamie. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you're right. She's like a professional dinner guest, but without some of the major flaws. She's got all the panache. She's got tact. She's grace. I just think that, like, she would be, like, she would come off as a very well learned, well spoken, really interesting dinner guest. You know, like, I don't think she would tell crazy stories. I don't think she would be having people falling out of their chairs laughing. But really smart, really well read. It was a lot about politics. I think she would be a really solid dinner guest. You know what she has too that most of these people don't totally have is she's a wonderful listener. Yeah. Like I think, I think most of these other people bring to you that they're could tell you something interesting, but Sansa's a really great listener. I was actually just listening to the portion of, um, Storm of Swords where she gets married and she's at her own wedding feast and she's miserable because she doesn't want to marry Tyrion, but she's still doing her absolute best to be a good host to all the people at the party and she's dancing with people and she's listening to their stories and she's interested. Like, I think this is the thing about Sansa. She's well coached as a good listener, but she actually is genuinely interested in what people have to tell her. Uh, Unfortunately, most of the time when people are telling her is something terrible about (laughs) what is going to happen in her personal (laughs) life. But uh, she's an excellent listener. And if you can spin her a decent yarn, she will reward you with it with great attention. Yeah. Completely agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I I think she'd be a great dinner guest. I think that she's very classy. I think she would show up with a vase full of nice flowers. Ooh, I like that. She's also quite partial to all things sort of lemon flavored. She's like a big lemon cake girl. You're totally right. She probably comes yeah. with flowers and like a nice tray of like frosted lemon cookies. I was going to say, she's actually, I think this is a good opportunity for a compromise because I think she probably is a double bringer. Yeah. Like, she she would, in a way that's almost rude, but not bring two things. And definitely one would be a lemon-based dessert, and one is a vase full of very nice flowers. Yeah. Nailed it. hmm Yeah. She also seems like the type, if there's a kid in attendance at the dinner party, that she would, like, play with the kid for a while, genuinely. Yeah. And, like, yes. And you'd be like, thank you. Like, you didn't have to do that. And she would mean it and be like, it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed that, you know? Yeah. Totally. This is based yeah, off this of her is... interactions with young Robin. Oh, Jesus Christ. Before, you know. <laughs> yeah, the sweet Robin. Sweet Robin. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Cameron. Cameron? <laughs> 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 Pre-goteeke. <laughs> I just, I love that Cameron simultaneously looks like some of the, like, most like the palest just doofiest people on television and also some of the most <laughs> strapping and handsome people in television like he either looks like a dashing young johnny depp or the sickly robin yeah he's either a mix of johnny depp and adrian brody or he's yes. sweet robin yeah <laughs> but he fully looks like both yeah <laughs> oh cam yeah shouts to yep. you cam yeah hi cam now it's time for some honorable mentions. Yeah, let's let them and, rip. And there are many, but I picked four that I think like would have like could have actually made the list. So one who I think could have been number one if we knew a little bit more about him mm-hmm. is Rhaegar Targaryen. He probably is number one. I, I agree. We don't know enough, but but 
in this fictional world where we know enough about him, judging by the way people feel about him, number one. He seems to be, like, just the coolest, greatest dude that anyone knows. He's like the Ferris Bueller of Westeros. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's Ferris Bueller. Yeah. You're right. Save, save Rhaegar. Yeah. Everybody, save would have, Rhaegar. everybody would have worn one of those pins. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Yeah, Rhaegar, like, shows up to your party, and the second he gets there, he's like, Mike! Kyle! John! <laughs> Even though he's only met John one time, and he makes yeah. everyone feel good. Yep. He's like, how's your mom? And, like, he knows, like, all, he remembers. Oh, he remembers everything. He tells cool stories. He's really hot. He knows a lot yeah. about sports and movies. And, like, he's one of those people, you're one of these people, that just, like, <laughs> knows a lot about something that you know a lot about. But that's, like, the only thing you know a lot about. And, th- and he happens to know, like, everything about everything. And he can have really <sighs> intelligent conversations <sighs> with everybody. And then he takes out his harp and he plays it and he never had one lesson. So that was, so <sighs> I, I was going to say, so Rhaegar, what he brings to the party, he brings an acoustic guitar. He's like, yes. <laughs> And all of a sudden he's on, like, he's got his leg up on your, like, ottoman. And he's like, Dun! and he starts playing, like, wings covers really well. And no one's bothered by it. They're all like, Kumbai, Kumbai. He starts playing, like, acoustic covers of, uh, like, uh, Selena Gomez songs. And people are like, yes! Yeah, they didn't realize it could be so arty if you rearrange it. Yeah. So, that's Rhaegar Targaryen. He's the MVP yeah. of your dinner party. If we had seen more of him on the show, he would have been number one. Yeah, you're so right. So, but he's as is. He's in a very, very strong honorable mention with like a big asterisk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Salvador San, <laughs> sex pirate. Yeah, sex pirate. He rolls into your party and just starts telling filthy jokes. <laughs> Like, doesn't even, doesn't even read the room, doesn't have to, just rolls right into it. He's the Mundungus Fletcher of this dinner party. Yes. But everyone's, like, kind of into it, but that he, like, crosses the line a few times. He, like, hits on one of your friends that has a boyfriend that's not there. (laughs) That's exactly what he does. Yeah. That's Salador San. I think he'd still be fun to have around. Yeah, you're right. I I just said he brings a filthy joke. Yep. Yes, he does. <laughs> Add condoms, probably. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> uh, I had hot pie on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, hot pie, unfortunately, is the is the dinner guest who has to spend most of his time in and out of the kitchen. Yeah. Like, this is this is my dad as a dinner party guest. Is like you're like, all right, no, come on, come to the table, and he's like, I'll just be in the minute you start. <laughs> and it's because hot pie is making delicious hot pies. So that's what I said. Hot pie. What he would bring to a party is a hot pie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He, he's one of those guys who has like a deconstructed chicken pot pie for an appetizer, a, some sort of meat pie for dinner, and then an apple pie for dessert. <laughs> Hot pie. We've had enough pie. It's like, oh, and I <laughs> a pizza pie. <laughs> Oh, what you think pie. is like a pizza, but it's actually a pie with pizza ingredients. Yeah, in it. it's like a real deep dish, like pizza pie. 
You'd <laughs> be good. Yeah, you would be good. The last one I had on here, he fills a similar role to Salvador Song, was Dario Naharis. Yeah. I think he'd be fun to have around. I agree. I think Dario Naharis shows up with a twister set. Yes, yes he does. You are so right. <laughs> Who wants to play? Yeah. <laughs> they haven't even eaten yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. All right. So, uh, and that's the end of the honorable mentions. Yep. I think it makes sense to do yours after the top three. I agree. Yep. Okay. Number three. The reason I decided mostly to include Dead Folk was because I really wanted to put him on the list. Number mm-hmm. three is Oberyn Martell, a.k.a. the Viper of Dorne. You know, Oberyn is interesting because uh, he is, in a lot of ways, Rhaegar. He's a very similar character. He's like an extremely learned um, very artsy, very well-traveled yes. guy who kind of attracts all people. Like, everybody who comes into contact with him, in many cases grudgingly, uh, likes him. <laughs> he's the guy, he's like the really, like the guy that you think is like, this guy is too cool to be at my dinner party. Yeah. And he like tells this really cool story about, um, he like took a week off of work because he works really weird hours but makes a ton of money yeah. somehow. And he, like, went to, um, like, fuck, he went to, like, Tamor Lesti, and he tells you, like, yeah. a really, really cool story about it. Yeah. Uh, like, about his whole trip and how he, like, backpacked through, like, wherever and kind of hung out with locals and, like, learned Mandarin and all this stuff. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And and you get the sense that he, like, actually respected the locals' culture, and this wasn't some weird, like, paternalistic backpacking trip. Like, he got it. Like, you're like, oh, Oberyn, like, he, he gets it, man. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, he tends to dominate conversation, and you, like, feel a little bit bad about yourself, because you're not nearly as cool as he is. Yeah. But only a little bit. Like, you're still glad that he's there. Yeah, uh, and he definitely adds a lot to the party because he has so much cool stuff to talk about. Totally. And he's just exotic. Yeah, there's always the chance that he's going to poison somebody at dinner, which is kind of exciting. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> air his grievances. <laughs> oh, he'll air them. I think that Oberyn shows up, and you're a little bit uncomfortable by it, but he shows up with some like really, really good exotic weed. <laughs> I was gonna say something really spicy, but you're right. He definitely shows up with the like, weed after dinner. Like plates are getting put away still, and like people are like heading over to the other room to yeah. start like playing a game or something. And he like yeah. just whips it out of his pocket, and he's like start. And he like lights it without asking, and you're like, yeah. oh. And he's like, this is fucking from. He's like, this is Aurora Borealis from fucking Sweden, and like, yeah. And he's like passing it around already, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like when you found out Woody Harrelson smoked weed and <laughs> at first it was really surprising and you're like, man, that's so cool. And then you're like, okay, I get it. But it was just, it was just a really cool thing you found out about somebody who you already thought was cool for other reasons. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the Obi, the Obi play there. I think that's what he does. You're totally right. And he also has like a really cool lighter, like a blowtorch. Yeah. Like he just like yes. pulls a blowtorch out of his back pocket. And then he, like, he's also the type that would, like, hit on, like, a dude or a woman at the party. And, like, and nobody's mad about it. And Everybody's totally like, unabashedly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 100%. Number two is the queen of the first men. All her titles, titles, titles. It's Daenerys Targaryen. 
the, the right uh, yes, please note the rightful queen of the end house yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah so daenerys like she's probably the most accomplished traveler on yes. the show like yep. she's been all over essos like everywhere like it's been kind of a bone of contention like she's been probably yes, too many yes. places <laughs> yep she's arguably been in westeros she's been a number of places she's been north she's been south she has a lot of experience to draw from mm-hmm. and i think what's cool about her is she's displayed a really really unique ability to fit in with pretty much any group yep she was sold as a slave into marriage into the dothraki and like within a matter of a few months was leading them like her ability to integrate into a into a situation is probably unparalleled by pretty much anyone except one other person in this universe. Yeah. I just think that she is an A-lister and she's a little haughty. A little haughty, but I'd really like her at my dinner party. Totally. She is she just oozes competence. Like she is I think probably the most competent person on the show and possibly in this fictional realm like she's good at everything she does at all times she thinks through everything she does at all times she surrounds herself with wise counselors she's just she's wise beyond her years um so i think she's she reminds me a little bit of leslie nope like she's just she really wants to do well for the people around her. She wants to serve her people loyally. And she's just good at everything she does. She's awesome. I think Daenerys, Daenerys would be great at a party because, like, if there were any issues with the dinner, she'd solve that shit right away. Anything goes wrong, any dispute arises, she solves it. I feel like she'd be, like, if the dinner party happened to be at a restaurant, she would yeah. be the type to really gracefully handle a scenario where you were brought the wrong drink. 100%. She'd be like, she excuse me, my thing. friend ordered the left-hand milk stout. I believe this yeah. is whatever. And the witch mm-hmm. is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Just don't even worry about it. And the situation mm. is, it's solved yeah. and diffused. She's like, she's like your friend that's the same age as you, but is like already a really successful lawyer, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Just, and like, just like dresses really competently and just, like, carries herself, like, a few years above her station, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think that's kind of Daenerys. That's, like, kind of the role she fills. Yeah. And there's, of course, the fact that everybody who's ever spoken to her has fallen in love with her. Yeah. Like, she has it. She does. It's worth noting. Like, you can't forget she does have a magnetism. It's not exactly the same kind of magnetism that her brother Rhaegar had or that we talk about with Oberyn, but it's, it's sort of its special kind of magnetism because people really do fall for her. And it's not, it's not just her look. She is quite beautiful, but people just fall for her because she's, she's so obviously great. She's charismatic. And yeah, you're right. She's like, she's like a powerful draw to her. Yeah. She carries herself with a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to the point where she might even take a few liberties, and she's very attached to her pets. She strikes me as yes. a person that might bring her dog to a dinner party, <laughs> but you don't really mind. Yes, that's true. Because the dog just... is really fucking cool, and everyone knows the dog by name, and is happy yeah. to see it there, right? Hundo P. That's 100% what she does. She yeah. brings her dog. You're right. It's like a beautiful, it's a beautiful German Shepherd. Yeah. 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 And it just kind of sits there regally. And everyone's mm-hmm. happy to see the dog. Word. And her. Yeah. 
Number one, I, 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 I suspect you know who we're about to talk about. I hope so. I think the best person in Westeros to invite to a dinner party, if you want to ensure a really good time that goes smoothly, I think... Oh, excuse me. I think you'd want to invite Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, he's he's the definite number one. Um, he's the most gifted conversationalist in the Seven Kingdoms. He's one of the most well-traveled and intelligent people. He also has perhaps the best sense of humor of anybody in the Seven Kingdoms. And very, very importantly, because this is a dinner party after all, the man knows how to get down. He always brings his boogie shoes with him. He's an entertainer. Like, yeah. He's an intellectual and an entertainer. And yeah. unlike a lot of people on this list, he does not take himself too seriously. Not even close. I think that's what elevates him over someone like Daenerys because I, I just think that, like, if the objective is to really have a good time. Yeah. I'm putting my, my lot in with Tyrion because. Yeah. He's probably going to show up with really good wine. Like, he's yes. not, he's not going to show up with, like, a $10 bottle from wherever he's going to show up yeah. with something that he thought about and mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy because it's not too snooty. Like, like, Oh fuck, yeah. I really like this. And he's probably going to show up with like cards against Westeros, you know, <laughs> like he's, bringing- it's, it's cards against humanity, but it's from the perspective of the white walkers. <laughs> <laughs> like he shows up with a game or he's the one that suggests like, let's play heads up or like, yeah, he's like instigating a really, really fun round of charades, right? Like, He's a yes. party goer. He brings fun wine. He's in a lot of ways like Rhaegar, or I feel like he remembers like personal details about you. I just think he's a great, great dinner guest to have around. Hundred percent. He's perfect, like you said. You kind of touched it all. I think so. That was my list. That was my my cut at a list of people from the Game of Thrones universe that I would invite to a dinner party I was hosting. Yeah, I really like that. I think uh I think you hit some good peeps. There are a couple uh not tops that I wanted to mention that I think would also fit well. One that you didn't mention but I think only because you had already mentioned the hound is the mountain. I certainly would not want the mountain at any dinner party of mine in any of his states. No, dead or undead or living or whatever. No thanks. Um, there's also just the cohort of like real evil, like <laughs> Rorg and the goat and Raph, the sweetling, the tickler. Like there's like people who are just any Bolton. So far, any Bolton. These people are, yeah, the, the bastard of Bolton. Like we're so far beyond the pale. Yeah. So on top of the actual just like <laughs> soulless evil people who murder and rape and steel there's also viserys who is just a whiny little nag uh he he sucks yeah also the uh i don't think he actually has a name but the mycroft holmes iron bank of bravos representative yeah (laughs) he would be pretty brutal at a dinner party because he'd keep reminding everybody to venmo him 10 bucks because (laughs) he brought cheese (laughs) Like, shut up, man. Nobody cares. So another one I think would be really cool would be the old bear. Um, the old bear has good relationships with people throughout the seven kingdoms because he has to, right? You know, That's he, true. he, he is not expressly protected by any one group. So he kind of has to get along with all of them. He's very wise. He's very perceptive 
Um, and I also think he has to get huge bonus points for his ability to find the best in a very motley crew. Like his, his charge is to form a bunch of really wayward people into a coherent band. And that's sort of the mission of a dinner party. So I think the old bear would be great. Uh, I think sex god pod yeah. would be fun. He has lived amongst the people in king's landing for some time he has brought the thunder to <laughs> several from down of, under from down under to several of king's landing's <laughs> most expensive women of the night like pod pod is a guy who could tell you some stories um so those are those are two people who i would definitely really think about i like both of those i realized that i left off a couple of um not top threes i probably should have mentioned yeah like, who's a couple I feel like if you invited uh, Kyburn, you would like you would go to the bathroom and you would find him like rummaging through your medicine cabinet, and you'd be like, "Kyburn, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, absolutely. And I think obviously Cersei would be a bad guest because she would like like go way too far and end up like insulting several of your guests and probably drink too much. Unquestionably, but I will say, as far as Lannisters go, she might not actually be the worst. I think Lancel is probably the worst Lannister to invite oh. because. Post-conversion, yeah, he's grossing you out because he has the seven-pointed star on his head, like, carved yeah. into his forehead. So this is gross. It's going to throw off your appetite. But then he's going to just tell you how everything you're doing is a sin. And, man, that's going to get old quickly. Like, yeah. really quickly. He would, like, very early on bring up, like, bring up, like, up morality questions about, like, how your food was prepared that evening. And you'd be like, yeah, uh... He'd probably try to link hands for a prayer without really like consulting anybody. Mm. Like he wouldn't read the room and see whether this was a thing the group was doing. He would just like put his hands up and then go, yeah, yeah. He'd be a super uncomfortable dinner guest. (laughs) It definitely. This is driving home the point that Westeros is full of many more bad dinner guests. It's fair to say that almost everyone would be a bad dinner guest. Yeah, Except most for like of them. Ten or twelve. Yeah, Robert. I think King Robert would be a great dinner guest. He'd be good. Uh, he'd be a, he'd be a really good one. Also, Roz. If we want to go back to the early seasons, like Roz is is clearly somebody who can blend well with the people and is beloved by most. Osha. Yeah, Master Osha. Lewin, yes. Old Nan. A lot of winter yes. bells. Yeah, Old Nan would be a good one. I also um. <laughs> I also want to uh, talk about um, why is my brain messing with me right now? Eamon, Maester Eamon. Oh, yeah. He'd actually be a really good dinner guest because he has seen so much. He's seen shit. Yeah, well, I guess if we want to get literal, he hasn't. Hey! Um, uh, he hasn't seen anything in quite some time, but he <laughs> <laughs> he has been through some shit. <laughs> It's a good one. I yeah. forgot he was blind. Yeah, it's easy to forget um, because right. he's so wise. Let's bang out the definitive version of our list. Do you want to yeah. throw? Do you want to throw Sex God Pod and Old Jer Mormont on there? No, I just want to throw Sex God Pod. Okay. Um, I want to pull. I think I want to pull Renly Baratheon off of that because I think we have enough of the sort of charismatic like battle guy people on there i think you're probably right 
Um, so I'd be, I'd be happy, like, just sliding Tormund forward to nine and slotting Pod in at ten. And then I think you just nailed the rest of this list. All right. So Sex God Pod. What do you think Sex God Pod brings to the party? You have to tell me that to get him on the list. His dick. <laughs> I mean. He's a dick thrower. Well, he is a dick thrower. That's, <laughs> if he were, let's just say this. If, if Pod were to make a hip hop or rap song about himself, <laughs> the first line, literally, listen to the song, it's the first line, would be, I'm a dick thrower. Is he a dick bandit? Yep, he's a big dick bandit, baby. You know what he wants to do? He wants to walk it like a dog, yeah. Uh, yep. All right. <laughs> With that, for more on he's a dick thrower, see uh, episode, like, 16, Guilty Pleasure. Yeah, Rock. absolutely. Bring it back. Bring it back the old school a little bit. Okay, then that's it. What we've done is constructed the uh, the top ten dinner guests from Westeros. And also, very importantly, a pretty comprehensive list of the worst dinner guests. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, I'll go ahead and recap it real quick, and then we'll get out of here and get hyped for Thrones. Alright, let's let it rip. Number 10, Sex God Pod, who's showing up with his dick. <laughs> <laughs> Number 9, Tormund Giant Spain, who goes big or goes home with Blood Sausage Skewer apps. Mm-hmm. Number 8, Bronn, who still doesn't have that fucking castle. He's got a six-pack nope. alone star with him. Yep. Number seven, Marjorie Tyrell and her tray of homemade brownies. Mm-hmm. Number six, Jamie Lannister and his uninvited date. Yep. Number five, the Onion Knight, Davos Seaworth, and a bag of onions. <laughs> raw onions, baby. Just raw, unpeeled, <laughs> unprepared onions. <laughs> and one of those, like, uh, like string, like, uh, twine bags. <laughs> It's so important. This is not like a <laughs> shopping bag. This is like a sack or a like, satchel. And like, it's like burlap. And there's like flakes of like onion skin like falling behind him as he walks into your kitchen. <laughs> he's like pig pen. In your image, he's just like pig pen with a cloud of dust. It's like a cloud of onion skin. He just kind of throws them in your sink. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Number four, Sansa Stark. She brings mm-hmm. both a vase of flowers and some lemon frosted cookies. Mm-hmm. Number three, Oberyn Martell and some exotic weed from the Orient. Yep. Number two, Daenerys Targaryen, who brought her dog to the dinner party. 100%. And number one, Tyrion Lannister, who brought Cards Against Westeros and some good-ass wine. Yeah, you're damn right. Wow, this was a, a really joyous experience. Yeah, that um, was fun. <laughs> that was so pure. <laughs> so I think pure. We, I feel like we've both completely disregarded anything serious about the show and also done like a fair character assessment of like 10 characters agreed i think i think amongst the silliness is some real thought we've given to who and what these characters are yeah and what they represent yeah 100 percent. all right i'm hyped for thrones i'll talk to you soon buddy i am hyped for thrones too adios oh wait well don't forget um, we- I know, I was, you started saying it, and so I just decided we were gonna go with it. Maybe you wanted to record some stuff after? I forgot. Um, I just forgot. Yeah. So, Alright, well, then let's unforget. Well, I would just say, again, you know, if you liked the stanky beat that was our not top three music, just mm-hmm. remember that the incomparable, incomparable, Kevin McLeod put that shit together, as well as our theme music. And, of course, 
Our uh, our artwork was put together by Aaron Sant, and there's more stuff just like our artwork on her Instagram. That's at Sant Design. All right, so actually, I have with us our social media consultant who has just walked through the room. She was the person making all the noise in the background. Our social media consultant is longtime supporter of the pod and our social media maven, Caroline, who takes care of all of our social media. She's the reason that our Instagram no longer sucks. Uh, she is also the reason that our Twitter still kind of sucks, but we're working on it. Uh, I, would, she's, I would really emphasize the part where our Instagram and Facebook presence are incredible. Yes, our Instagram and Facebook presence are incredible, thanks to Caroline. If people wanted to see any of her other stuff, where might they go? Like my website? Yeah, what's your oh, website? You can hit up carolinelebrandy.com. Awesome. All my stuff is there. It's pretty cool. It is pretty Check cool. And there we go. We just gave you her last name. Uh, don't stalk her, please. Yep. <laughs> you have now you have now got the final puzzle piece to stalk <laughs> me and Kyle. If we hadn't dropped enough breadcrumbs, uh, don't kill us. So thank you, Caroline. That is all. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. Get the hell out of here. And please stop making noises. Right, I'm going to hang up the cats. Okay. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, you're about to hear a door slam. Oh, there we go. Ah, cats on the loose. Okay, she let the cats out. <laughs> this, this is falling <laughs> apart. <laughs> at any rate, if you want to see us uh, online, you can check us out at Top10KM on Instagram, Top10KM on Twitter, Top10KM at gmail.com. Send us your ideas. Tell us you want a guest. Give us your availability. Send us your phone number. Whatever. Get on the pod. Um, those are some good places to get us. If you're trying to check us out on your actual podcast apps, check us out on the Apple podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. That's, uh, that's something I would say. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it, baby. All right. All right. Later. Peace.